1: Thank you for tuning in to the Sports Ethos Nets podcast. This is your host for today, Joe, as Cody cannot join us. But I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Anthony Dittmar, on Twitter. That is at Anthony Dittmar underscore. My Twitter is at the Joe Farrow. Okay, Anthony, we got some stuff to discuss, huh?
2: Well, yeah, it was a, uh, a fun week last week. The deadline kind of got more fun. Um, the Nets made the splash on the buyout market. They added Goran Drogic to the team after he was bought out by the San Antonio Spurs following his trade from the Raptors to the Spurs. <laughs> he hasn't played all year. He's played like very scarce minutes. And he played like three games total or something like that. Yeah. Raptors are kind of going another direction after they acquired him in the Kyle Lowry trade. A lot of movement for him over the last, I'd say, six, seven months. But He finally found a home in Brooklyn. Steve Nash led the recruiting effort. How do you feel about the addition?
1: I'm hyped about it, dude. I re- I think most Nets fans are just knowing that that's another option for us. Considering like we all expect that the mandate will be lifted soon and Kyrie will be able to play home games, but in the meantime, Goran Dragic being there as our as our basically home starting point guard, it's it's a huge win for the Nets to get. And obviously, he's comfortable with Steve Nash. He's comfortable with Amari Stoudemire. It's it's a good job by Steve Nash to go out there and get the biggest fish on the buyout market, which is now two consecutive years that we've done that. We've made big splashes on the buyout market. Hopefully, it pays off better this time than it did last year.
2: Yeah, last year, we got Blake Griffin. We got LaMarcus Aldridge. I think the only buyout guy we really targeted that we didn't get, even though it wasn't really a buyout, I guess, like a recruiting effort by like some of our players was Serge Ibaka. Yeah. I guess that kind of worked out because it's kind of washed right now. But I think overall, like the Nets have been dominating this buyout market. I think getting Goran Dragic because, like, some of the teams that are in on him were the Bucs, the Clippers, I uh, saw so the Bulls. I think it's, a, I think almost playing defense against these other teams getting him is almost more important than that's actually getting. I'm not trying to discredit Goran Dragic at all; he's a great player. But like, imagine Milwaukee got him—like, how much of a different conversation this would be?
1: Yeah, that would have sucked. But the Bucks, the Bucks have their prime buyout target now with Javon Carter on the buyout market. Oh yeah, they got memory
2: too. They got all the nets leftovers. They got all the nets last.
1: leftovers, so they're gonna go get uh They're gonna go get Javon Carter. But also, Hallelujah, we got rid of Javon Carter and got Goran Dragic. So that's a great sign.
2: That's uh, almost two additions by subtraction. Like if you think about it. Like l- losing Javon Carter is an addition, in my
1: opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because at least Goran Dragic doesn't nowadays. He doesn't shoot as much, but. At least he won't shoot with the IQ of a Make-A-Wish kid, like. Yeah. But um, yeah,
2: also, also okay. like, like should be noted, that like, Goran Dragic was like the Heat's second best player during that bubble run in like 2020 during like the NBA and when they're in Disney World. Like, if they he was in that playing that finals, I know he got hurt. I think my, that series goes longer than it did. He was playing lights out. I Celtics. Agree. He,
1: he was shooting. the, the He was facilitating. He was playing solid defense. Obviously, he's a little bit older now than he was two years ago, and he hasn't played basically all year. It's going to be interesting to see how he fits. I think he will fit in just fine, just with all the playmakers that we have on this team and all the spacing that we have. And Goran obviously is going to contribute to that. But like now we have two guys joining the team that haven't played all year. It's going to be interesting
2: yeah, I think also with Goran is like it's nice that you said like it's Kyrie safety net, but he's also like a Joe Harris safety net because like if Joe Harris doesn't come back, like at least now you have spacing. Like we're like we're, like um, like th- two weeks ago we had like no shooters on this team. Now we have Seth Curry, Goran Dragic. We always had Patty Mills. Like if you even get Har- if you get Harris back too, that's even another plus. I mean, know how you play that many shooters, but I'd rather have too many than too little, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. You can never have enough spacing in this league anymore. Um, speaking of spacing and speaking of Patty Mills, we had uh Patty Mills participate in the three point contest this weekend. He put up a solid, yeah, job, put up 21 points in the first round, got beat by one by who no, who beat him out to get in. It was, um,
2: it wasn't Ta- Towns already qualified, it was Towns- someone else.
1: Towns and Luke Kennard destroyed the dunk contest. I mean, not the dunk contest, nobody destroyed the dunk contest, but um, oh God. but. I forget who it was. Oh, it was Trey Young. Trey Young beat Patty Mills by one on his final on the last round.
2: shot. Yeah. on
1: his Final money ball, got two points, jumped ahead of Patty Mills by one and got into the final round. Then he put up a stinker in the final round. So got robbed. Which one
2: of us three had, um, wait, who ended up, I'm, I'm blanking now. Who won the event again? Was it? Oh, it was Towns. I'm was sorry. Pat so who had Towns? Nobody, I went to Towns, right?
1: Nobody had Towns. I had Desmond Bain. Did you have Fred Van Vliet? You did, right? I had
2: Van Vliet and Cody Edmills.
1: Yeah, Cody picked Patty. Um, yeah, Desmond Bain kind of stunk it up. I kind of regret it. After I saw him in the skills challenge, I knew he was not, he was not about to win the three-point contest. I was like, this man was not making any shots. Yeah, dude, but, the
2: towns winning was crazy. He was the longest odds. He was like plus 1,300 yeah. on like uh, on all sports 12, 12
1: books. 12 to 1, plus 1,200. Just for just for every, the non-gamblers out there, you throw if you threw twenty bucks on Carl Anthony Towns to win the three-point contest, you're walking away with two hundred and forty bucks. Like man, that's yeah, like, that's a wild, really wild turn of events. But Cat repping for Jersey winning the three-point contest, we'd love to see it. Um, the dunk contest stunk gross it, gross it was, oh my god it was jalen green had a span of about seven straight minutes where he kept trying to through the legs dunk and he kept throwing it over the rim and kareem abdul jabbar got up and walked out during the dunk contest yeah uh, it was Shaq, very embarrassing shaq's face was, became a meme it was uh definitely not a dunk contest to remember but also like there were some very nice dunks in that contest but like there was also like a couple of turns where guys just kept missing. And that just, like, nothing takes the air out of an arena more than missed dunks in a dunk contest. And it's like, I can't even really blame these guys because, like, they're trying to get up to the level that everybody expects the dunk contest to be at. Ever since Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine just went absolutely nuts in 2016, everybody's just trying to miss. Because, like, that's a bar that is set extremely high now. And, like, it's almost impossible to match because these dudes battled it back and forth with 50s over and over again and went into overtime in a dunk contest. And it ended on a free throw line between the legs dunk from Zach Levine to get the win. And the dunk contest, I don't think, is ever going to match up to that again. And it's unfair to all these guys to put that high of an expectation on them. But with that being said, even though the expectations were unfair, this dunk contest did suck. Because of all the missed dunks. Juan Toscano Anderson, second round, he didn't even get a score because he couldn't throw one down.
2: Yeah, I I think it comes down to the quality of players they're getting. Like, yeah, you don't need a superstar to compete because, like, there's a lot of great dunkers that aren't even stars in this league.
1: Yeah, But, like, a couple of the guys in that contest
2: didn't belong in it. Like, like, Juan Toscano Anderson, I'm sorry, no disrespect. Like, he didn't really belong in the contest. I guess Jalen Green and, and Toppin really, like, were, like, Good on paper, but like Cole Anthony too. Like, yeah, he's a decent dunker, but like some of these guys aren't the best. We're really, it's really a shame when you get like LeBron in one of these. I'd love to see John Morant in one of them. A Zion pre injury would have been a great ad for the dunk contest. So many other guys that have just been like a fun time to see. It's just the event is so watered down now. It's like I know it's hard to think of like new dunks considering it's been like the NBA's been around for so long. Like, how do you think of a new dunk? Only so many that can be done, but like just like finishing them, even like doing ones that have been done before and just finishing them would be more impressive than what we're seeing here. I think the NBA needs to come to the realization that the three-point contest is the premier event of the Saturday night, unless they like reamp it and make a precedent to like get really good players in the next one. Cause it's like a dying event. I yeah. personally didn't care for it even before this event. And this kind of like re furthered my opinion on it.
1: I think, I think what they should do is for the dunk contest, you should offer a, a million dollar bonus. If you win it.
2: Like something like that would be crazy. Yeah. Just, like,
1: you would get a guy like John Moran, who's on his rookie deal. And his contract, his max contract doesn't kick in for like another season. Why not go in the dunk contest? You know, you're going to win. Like you're so much more athletic than basically everybody in the league. You go in there, you win the dunk contest. You come home with a million dollar prize. You put on a show for the fans. Ratings go up for the NBA team. Like, I don't understand why they don't just offer a giant cash prize along with it. And then they should be like, oh, Matt we will give you a cash prize and then we'll match that cash prize for a charity of your choosing or whatever, something like that, you know? Like, that could yeah, that'd be cool. actually want to do it. Um, the Cole
2: yeah. Anthony of this Tim's was funny, but, like, other than that, I was, I was, like, that, was,
1: that I, was pretty funny. And then Obi Toppin did throw down, like, a really nice, like, off-the-backboard reverse through the leg. Yeah. The clutch dunk. Like, that was ridiculous. But that's, like, the only highlight of the entire dunk contest. It was, like, it was rough. Yeah, the skills challenge, I enjoyed the new format. It was really cool, like, having three teams compete against each other. The only thing that sucked was, like, two teams were tied at one and they had to do like a half court shootout. It was just like, it was weird. I did I wasn't a fan of that part, but overall the concept of it was really cool. And my, my, I did choose team calves and they won. So I added another point onto my tally. So uh, that was fun. It, it, I, I enjoyed the skills, co- the skills competition and the three point contest, but the dunk contest definitely, definitely needs work.
2: Yeah. I, I also just noticed how bad Giannis' brothers really are. effect. <laughs> i felt i felt bad i was like dude the one guy's in the freaking Raptors 905
1: g league team come on yeah like like why is he at all-star weekend like it doesn't make i
2: sense. get like that onto the kumpa aspect is cool but come on could have done better than that NBA. They only,
1: they only did that just to get another big name in the all-star saturday night you know like just a hundred
2: percent they want to be honest and that's Thank what they
1: are yeah um so we'll transition a bit into the nets now we have couple guys on ramp ups. Ramona Shelburne had reported uh I believe it was this morning or it was last night that Ben Simmons is a couple weeks away, which we they also the Nets have also said earlier in the year that Kyrie was a couple weeks away when he was ramping up and then then like they saw him in like 5 on 5 practice and stuff and they were like all right, he's good to go. So we could take that with a grain of salt. Ben Simmons is very close to coming back. Where haven't obviously, we just signed Goran Dragic yesterday. I doubt he's practiced with the team yet. Probably will practice with the team today, or at least meet the team today. Um, or he probably met him already. He probably came to Brooklyn to sign. But it's I, this team is gonna get very, very scary, very, very soon.
2: Yeah, um, Ben Simmons. I'd say i will be on your like side, like off of what you're saying. I think it's, I don't think it's weeks. I think Ramona Shelburne might have said that all based. Like, I know she said that, but I think it might have been in retrospect to, like, when they got him. If yeah. I had to guess, I think they're not going to try to, like, line up Durant and Simmons' returns almost, like, simultaneously. Because I don't think you want to throw Simmons into the fire, especially if it's, like, a home game without Kyrie or Durant all that pressure to be the only star. But I do think you can't just wait, like, like another three weeks to bring him out there because, like, this team needs to gel, like, like there's there's 23 games left in the season, like, we're in eighth seed right now, we want to get out of the plane at least, preferably get a top four seed might be too little, too late, but this team needs to gel, like, most, first and foremost you have a lot of guys coming back, like, you have like Simmons coming back, Kyrie's only eligible for eight games left, hopefully that mandate changes in the next week or so, and we get that little change, you want to get some of the guys, like clicking together, because most of these guys haven't played together at all this year, yeah. like, you have all the talent in the world, but, like, they need to, like Come together and like Nash needs to know some rotations because, like we said, you have four lights out shooters and like plus the like Kyrie and Katie and Simmons. Like you don't really know like who's playing where, what guy works well with who. Like you kind of got to get a sense of that.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree, and it feels very reminiscent of last year. But like, but like, even though I'm saying it's reminiscent of last year, the Nets did figure it out when we got to the playoffs. Like we were balling against the Celtics last year in round one, and then the injuries derailed everything. It's not like it's not like the same situation where we're fully just relying on health at this point because KD is going to come back very soon. We have insurance policies if Joe Harris is not able to play like we it's a very different situation. It's just more about gelling as a unit. And with so many talented guys on one team, it's a lot different. And it's a better scheme fit than it was last year, especially when we lost LaMarcus Aldridge. But like right now as a full cohesive unit, I feel like the fit is going to be perfectly fine once everybody gets here and it's not going to be as scary health wise.
2: I agree. I think also like one injury can't derail as much as it did last. Like obviously a Durant injury or Kyrie injury is really, really bad. But like, I don't think we're so reliant. At the end of this year, we're so top heavy. I felt like in the talent, like the big three and then everyone else. Now it's like, we can literally go 10 to 11 guys deep. And I'm not even saying that, like, being biased, like the Nets have like a lot of guys that can play like in every situation. I think almost every single guy on the roster now is playable in a, in a playoff series if you need to be, depending on like, a matchup. Like I don't think there's really, like, besides like Edwards and Sharp. Like I'd say like, like Kook, like everyone may have a chance to step up in the playoffs. Like I'm not saying every game, every single person will play, but I think everyone will have a role if you want to deeper on it, depending on who we play and like when we see them because. There's a lot of guys that do a lot of different good things in this team. Like, I think Drummond brings the rebounding and the defense aspect. You have Aldridge, who's like a jump shooting center. You have Griffin, the hustle center. You have James Johnson, a playmaker. And that's just the big guys. And the guards, we already know what they can do. Like, it's a lot of versatility and mixing and matching. I like it. If you look at the last few weeks, we lost James Harden, who quit on the team and wasn't even trying the last month. And you lost Paul Millsap, who didn't play. And you add Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, Goran Drogic, and maybe another half of Kyrie Irving. I think yeah. the Nets got better. And we got two firsts, too, on top of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, which will be definitely used in some form in this offseason, I can damn near guarantee. Because somebody's going to have and to six three exceptions. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just it makes a ton of sense. It, the Nets just got so much better during this break. And we were already scary with only KD and James Harden. And now we just made the team a whole lot deeper. And it's, it's, it's going to be very, very fun in the second half, especially if Kyrie is cleared to play full-time very soon. Um,
2: yeah, it's, it's all timing really it comes down to like the rest of this year, like getting guys back and then getting them in sync. That's the Nets' goal, and they got to win games. Though. That's also what it comes down to. I think the Nets need to win at least 15 or 16 of the last 23, is what I'm thinking yeah. to get in a good position.
1: And as things stand right now, apparently Kyrie Irving would only be eligible to play in one of the Nets' last eight games of the season. So we, yeah, we really got to hope that that gets lifted but at the same time that's good time for Goran Dragic to glue with the rest of the team if it if yeah. is the same so at this point it's kind of clear that it's going to be hard for the Nets to gain a home court advantage seed for at least one round in the playoffs right now the Nets are basically they're in the play-in tournament right now um, final standing predictions where do you think the Nets are going to end up in? If I had to
2: guess right now, I'd say in the five to six range. I think they can get hot. I think it's a little too late. I think they just miss out on the home court advantage in the playoffs. Like if you don't have Kyrie Irving, I guess that could help you in a sense because you have him available for more games. I guess, but like in a perfect world, you have not playing all the games. Doesn't really matter. I'm also not too concerned with home court advantage because I think we come down to talent in the playoffs to get and get hostile environment you want it in your arena. But I do see the Nets getting five to six. It may be a little, a little too late. But I would love to them to match up against like a Celtics or, like, a Cleveland. Like, I think those are teams that the Nets can easily get behind the first round.
1: I agree. That's that's who I was going to ask next. Who would you prefer to play?
2: Probably Cleveland first, Celtics next. And then if, like, I'm not including playing teams. I'm assuming we're, like, a, a small first-round matchups. Like, Got obviously, it. I'd rather play, like, Toronto, like, Charlotte or, like, Like those kind of teams, but like if it comes down to like contenders, like teams above us right now, I'd probably go Cavs. I would like to put the most, then Celtics. Honestly, after that, it gets a little tough. I'd probably say Bulls, um, Bulls, then Heat, and then lastly, the Bucks. I think that Bulls don't really have much of a bench. I think we just out talent them, it'll be a tough series. I think Miami just be very pestering to us defensively. There's a gritty team that a lot of guys that can just get under your skin, play good defense, and then I think. The Bucs are definitely the best. I think the Bucs are the class of the East. The Nets can be better than them if they gel together. But right now, considering the Bucs have kind of just been cruising this whole season, I know the record hasn't been as good as it should be. I think, on paper, the team is glued for most of the year, and they're going to be ready come playoff time. So I'd definitely love to avoid the Bucs' round once. I feel like that would be an ugly first-round series, and I don't want to play them. I'd rather avoid them to the conference finals or have someone knock them out for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially with who you want to play in the first round. I would rather match up with the Cavs or the Celtics because I feel like those are two teams that we could definitely get by, especially now with our – like the threats on those teams really is the big spot, like with the Cavs especially. Like they have Jared Allen, they have Evan Mobley. But now we have all our bigs coming in. You match up Ben Simmons or KD with Mobley, and you have LaMarcus Aldridge, you have Andre Drummond. You have all these guys yeah. that really match up with the bigs and then our guard play speaks for itself. We have so much talent and scoring ability and the Celtics, same thing. I mean, like they have Brown and Tatum, but.
2: Outside of that, like what is the third option? Smart, the, Al Horford.
1: We have the guys to match up with them. Like we have the guys yeah. to really match up with anybody, I think, but in terms of getting an easy first round, I would definitely go Cav, Cavs and Celtics for sure. And we're going to get a. We're gonna get a preview of a possible Celtics playoff series. This coming Thursday, then that's first game back from uh, from the All Star break. So we got, we have a uh, Cody texted us his prediction. Cody is going with the Celtics on Thursday. And Anthony, you two are actually tied right now because Cody had uh, he he got correct on the dunk contest winner. He did take Obi Toppin.
2: So. Uh, it's this is tough because we're recording on Tuesday. I don't know if it's coming out today or on Wednesday, but we don't know the injury report of the Nets yet. We do know that Sean Marks is speaking to the team later, so maybe we'll get some injury reports there. We'll have to wait till Wednesday. I don't really know, but I do think I don't think Katie and Simmons are gonna be back Thursday. The Celtics are playing hot right now, but for the sake of picking against Cody, I'm gonna go with the Nets. I feel like this team has a lot of good energy and good juju. Probably no drops, probably no Katie, probably no Kyrie, unless the changes today. And a lot of guys will still be out for that game, but I'm hoping. Things change, but I'm gonna go with the Nets just for good, some good juju. I don't want to create the loss out of the break.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I'm also gonna go with a win for the Nets. I think. Do you want to? I'm
2: oh, sorry, you continue. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say I was gonna talk about something different. If you wanted to make a point on the game, finish that first.
1: No, I was just gonna say I feel like we have a lot, like you said, a lot of guys with a lot of good juju around the locker room right now. Guys are excited. Guys are ready guys are just like they're really into it and they're ready to play so I'm and I'm sure coming out of this break with the more new additions and the team just getting healthier and healthier it's only a matter of time before this team really shows the league what they're uh, what they're about especially since ESPN didn't even rank us in like the top title favorites <laughs> during the break. I'll take
2: it I'm out of the span but yeah. um, you saw that Sean Marks speaks in the team today I know we're speaking a little beforehand it's probably not the timing but I'm wondering what he's going to talk about. I don't know if it's just a way to connect with fans. I saw people speculating it's Kyrie thing. I don't know if it's just a general state of the team is in to address the Harden situation or all the injuries, all the ramp-ups, or just everything. A lot has happened in the last two weeks. Maybe he just wants to, like, show face, which is honestly good to build, like, good relationships. Um, what do you think? What's your take on the Sean Marks press conference today?
1: I think it's more just like, hey, we retooled the roster for the second half. Now it's your guys' time to really just try to stay healthy, put your best foot forward, try to get the best possible seed in the playoffs, and. And really just get to work. Get put yourselves in the best position to win and make a playoff run.
2: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't, I don't think this would be the setting they announced, like a Kyrie or anything. I feel like there have been leaks about that already. Yeah. Um, I would want to would like to say though, I do like Sean Marks doing this because I do feel sometimes the nets are very vague in these kind of types of things, just in transactions and like the trade and injuries. So I think getting a general sense of the team is just be a good. I feel like we're gonna get some. Clarity on a lot of the injuries and ramp ups. So I think the Joe Harris situation, we may find out some more info because I think right now it's kind of like the breaking point where like, wow, well, no, he's coming back. Or he's not coming back this year. Cause like, if he's going to come back, he's going to need a little bit of ramp up too. I don't think he's just going to be like, Oh yeah, Joe Harris is playing Thursday, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's definitely going to need a ramp up and who knows, maybe we get some clarity on if he needs surgery, if he doesn't need surgery, if he's good to go all that stuff, but anything I'd else love to say, Anthony?
2: I'd love to watch like the cameras of the ramp, the Nets ramp up crew right now because you got a, almost an all star team in the ramp up crew right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> uh, I think we have everything. I'm excited for the second half. Um, hopefully next episode we'll have, we'll have we'll definitely have Cody back for next episode. Talk about the Celtics game. Hopefully the Nets win, and we'll see where the Nets stands. I think within a week, I hope to see like a majority of these guys back. I'd say a week week and a half range, is when we, we absolutely need them to get like. This, this ball rolling on the second half of the season and start making a push
1: yep. couldn't agree more but that's all for today guys uh, make sure you leave a review you like you subscribe uh, and until Thursday you'll be here in the next episode Friday uh, that's been it from the Sports Ethos Nets podcast uh, thank you guys for listening